Good afternoon, everyone. Happy to have you along. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. This is Local Matters. We are glad you're here. And let me tell you right up front, you're going to enjoy this show today. You're going to hear about a life that's been transformed and changed uh, by the power, the grace, the mercy of God. A lady who's become a friend of mine over the last few months and has uh, has a great vision. And she's going to share her story with us about a new life, a life uh, empowered by God and blessed by God and full of a vision by God. Lindsay Hollow is our guest today. Good afternoon, Lindsay. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Dwight. I love your smile and your glow over there. I'm telling you, you can just see the Lord coming out all over you. But it's not always been that way. No. Not always no. been that way. No. Share with us, and, and I don't want to spend the whole whole, uh, whole, uh, whole conversation, the whole show on that, but for people to appreciate where you are and what you're doing, they probably, and, and some, some people listening right now have said, yeah, I know her. I've heard her because you've, you've been active and you've got a lot done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some a lot of people, you, you spoke at our church and then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and we appreciate that, but but uh, but yours is you've you've had some rough times too, mm-hmm. uh, involving drugs and driving in car, involving incarceration and driving all the involving all that came with that. How did how did how did a nice girl like you get in a mess like that anyway? <laughs> um, well, uh, around the age of twelve, um, I was saved and baptized at Living Hope Church. Um, around the same time, my parents divorced, um, which caused me to get into rebellion and started seeking. I guess acceptance and from other people, and I ended up getting into the wrong crowds. Um, by sixteen, I was a meth addict. By eighteen, I was selling and cooking. Um, by twenty-two, I was an IV drug user. And wow! Was in and out of jail um, for about eight and a half years, and then by the time I was twenty-four, um, was the point where I hit my rock bottom. That was whenever I decided I would plan to commit suicide that day. Um, And I cried out to the Lord, and I asked him to intervene and save my life. Um, He answered by sending the federal agents to get me. (laughs) Not exactly what you thought would be the answer to your prayer. definitely not the answer I I wanted. (laughs) Not what I had in mind, God, really, but okay. Yeah, however he wanted to do it. Um, So I was facing 10 years in federal prison, um, as well as $500,000 per count. I was facing two counts, which would have been a million dollars. The minimum for my sentence would have been six years in, in federal prison. At 80% of time. So I ended wow. up going to court um, for a year and a half. Uh, at that time, I was released to a halfway house. Um, the transitional house was right across the street from the Bridgestone Arena where I was saved. Um, and then across the other street was the federal building. So every morning I got to get up and the Lord showed me the two paths. And I chose God every morning. And I would sit out there and read my Bible. Um, I graduated the program. I ended up going to court. I got a new prosecuting attorney who saw the changes that I had made and that the Lord had made in my life. Um, He was a devout Christian man as well, and he ended up giving me two years of probation. Wow. Yes. I want to go back as as, as you tell that story. Uh, You know, I've heard this, and I've said this has been true in my own life. You know, uh, sin will, uh, you know, cost you more than you want to pay, keep you longer than you want to stay, and take you down a road. Uh, obviously, you had, and you were how long? How when you your first drug usage? Twelve? Um, I was twelve. When okay. I, first time I smoked marijuana. Um, I was sixteen whenever I started trying meth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T- talk about and, and and again, we don't want to spend all the time there because this is. But I, but I, but but there, are folks. There may be folks listening who are on the front end of the trip you spent a lot of years on, and there are there are no doubt, Lindsay, and there there are no parents or grandparents listening today of young folks who are, who are on the front end of that now, or 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 maybe in the middle, or having same issues. Yeah. What you obviously had no idea the first time you did marijuana, or the first time you did meth. 
I mean, what that was going to lead to. I mean, you you couldn't have what. No. Uh, what what were you looking for? What, what what was inside you that wanted to get higher, wanted to feel that way? Well, I think um, a lot of it was boredom. A lot of it was acceptance. Um, I'd always felt like I kind of had to perform in order to get acceptance, or yeah. You know, and so whenever I got around that group of people, it was like I could be myself. They weren't expecting me to be anything because at the time I was 16, I mean, I was in the top 20 of my class. Yeah. I was I mean, a you're, cheerleader. Yeah. I was in 14 clubs, but everything was um, production based. Oh, know? yeah. Performance based. Performance based. Yeah. And I just felt like in that group, I didn't have to be anyone but Lindsay. And that group was very accepting, you know, and we just hung out and got high, but I had no idea that it was going to progress the way that it did and as quickly as it did, because by the time it was my senior year, I had dropped out. Of, of, the, of school. Yeah. Uh, and here's a top 20 student, mm-hmm. a cheerleader, active, quote unquote, popular, doing stuff on your way to whatever you your dreams would aspire mm-hmm. you to, and and then you drop out of school, mm-hmm. and it's all pretty much drug related. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because um, by then it, I couldn't, I couldn't continue to function. It, I, I held on for about a year and a half, and most people didn't know, you know, yeah. and I still kept up my grades, and I still was in school. But by the time it was the last semester of my senior year, I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. And so I left school because I there was no way to, to continue in school and and my drug habit. Yeah. So so there there came a bottoming out. There came a – and you elaborate a little bit more on what happened to, to turn your life around. Well, that day um, I was waiting on my stepbrother, you know, to come home with all of our drugs. And I was in the bathroom, and I was, was trying to get high. Um, at the time, I was an IV drug user. And I remember making eye contact with myself in the mirror and just seeing that there was there was no light left in my eyes. There was no – Sorry, it always makes me cry. Um, no. There was no light left. There yeah. was no hope. There you can was... still see yourself, I bet, as you look. Can you still see that image sometime? Or Now, I can see it in my head, but yeah, now when I, mean. I look in the mirror, I just Yeah, you got that pretty glow about you. I mean, you're glowing. <laughs> I'm you. serious. I'm, I'm looking at you over here, and, and you glow. And I didn't mean to go ahead. You're fine. But, yeah, and then when I saw that, it was just all I could think was anything would be better than this. You know, being in, I would, at least in heaven, I wouldn't have all this pain. I wouldn't cause my family this pain. And honestly, it was, death would have been easier than continuing to live in that addiction and that hopelessness. Wow. And you actually thought about, did uh, attempt or thought about suicide? Well, I, I was waiting, like I said, on my stepbrother to get home with everything. And my plan was to inject all the drugs at one time. And so that everyone would think it was an accidental overdose. But before he got home, the police had surrounded the house and I was arrested. Now they had, okay, let's, let's spend just a minute on that. Mm-hmm. So you're praying, you're tempted, and you're, and you're, did you cry out to God in that moment? Mm-hmm. And you, that's where you said, well, I go, you prayed, God, I got to yeah. get, I got to get some help. And, I told him either, and, and the feds show up. Yeah. I told him either <laughs> save me or I was coming to be with him. And he, he sent someone to save me. And so now, and, and we're going to back up now. You, this all came into your life after. After you were a Christian, mm-hmm. I mean, you were like you said, saved the Living Hope Church at twelve. Yeah, at twelve, twelve years old. And so I was active in the youth ministry, went yeah. to all the events. Um, yeah, and in, in fact, came to the Lord at Bridgestone Arena mm-hmm. as a result of going there for a youth event with mm-hmm. a, with a youth group at Living Hope. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly right. So what I'm saying is is that it, this can happen to Christian people. This can yeah. happen to Christian men. You know, it, it can do that. I mean, we we still are creatures of choice. We still have that. Yes. 
So the feds come, mm-hmm. and and you said, okay, God, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Yeah. And 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 then what? And you you recounted that story a little bit early about mm-hmm. about you had you were facing a lot of time. Uh, you prayed for you, you. I've heard you share this before. You had you had a fellow in the system who was kind of uh, giving you a rough way to go. Remember yeah. that? Okay, talk, tell that story a little well, bit. Well, the original would. prosecuting attorney that was on my case wanted to give me literally on your case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he um, was the prosecuting attorney, yeah. and he wanted to give me the maximum, which was the ten years in federal prison. Uh, he wanted to make an example out of me um, for the women that were coming out of Middle Tennessee because they had seen a rise in the offenses. And so I started to pray for him. Yeah. I, I read in Matthew, I think it is 545 and, and 44 and 45. And it said to pray for those that persecute you. And so I was like, okay, well, Lord, I've, the old me wouldn't have wanted him to be blessed. But yeah. I was trying to learn to follow the Lord's path. And so I started praying for him. And then two weeks later, when I went back to court, the man had been promoted and moved out west and taken off my case. And that was when I met the new prosecuting attorney, um, Braden Busek. And he ended up telling me, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing and everything's going to be okay. And he had seen, you know, for the last year I had, the Lord had completely transformed me and my life. So he ended up agreeing with my lawyer for the two years probation. What about that? What a miracle. But, you know, I'm thinking about the book of Job when it said God changed Job's circumstances when he prayed for his friends. I mean, his Mm -hmm. miserable comforters, as they call it. So, So the Lord led you to pray. And boy, if you saw that, I mean, you had to see that as a major answer to oh, prayer. Man, I mean, I, I'm getting goosebumps here just just thinking about it. I wasn't even there. Well, it gave me a lot of peace to know that the Lord's hand was on my yeah. situation. Um, because even though I was facing the 10 years in prison, you know, my lawyer told me for that year and a half, most likely I would do six years in prison because yeah. that was the minimum sentence for my my offenses. Yeah. Um, but I'd put it in the Lord's hands that I wanted him to make me the woman that he had created me to be. And if that took me being in prison— I would go to prison. And if that took me going out and learning elsewhere, then I wanted whatever sentence, you know, the Lord had for my life. So you cast the care on him. I did. You put the situation in his hand and you said, you're in control of my life and wherever that leads me, I'm going, but I'm going trusting you. That's good. It was good stuff. That's good stuff. That really, really is. Now, go back for a moment. Uh, By the way, we're visiting with Lindsay Holloway uh, on uh, Local Matters. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Happy to have you along. She's talking about her change in life and the difference that God makes, uh, regardless of your circumstances or the problems or addictions or whatever it is that's going on in your life. So you're there and and incarcerated, and you're you're looking, and and while you're— period where you could see Bridgestone on one side where you were saved and and recount that again that that's very significant I think um the transitional house that I went to was on 8th Avenue in downtown Nashville directly across the street was the federal building where I would go for my trial and then directly across the other street was the Bridgestone arena and every morning when I got up I would go outside in the grassy area and read my bible and every morning I got to see the two choices for my life wow and, and it helped me make my decision every morning. <laughs> and symbolically, God put that in your life where you could say, Lindsay, which way you want to go? Yeah. You want to go over here with the Fed situation? Yep. You want to go back to the Bridgestone where you saved and you came to the Lord? Yeah. And you and as you read your Bible, you would see that. Mm-hmm. And no doubt, Lindsay, you were getting the Word of God in your mind and written on your heart that whole time, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah which, which, be, makes, which is huge. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's yeah. one of my favorite scriptures because they tell you, you know, the majority of the time, once an addict, always an addict. And I don't believe that. My Lord heals diseases, and he's healed me from it. And I wanted my mind to be so renewed that that was no longer an issue in my life. 
Now, when we continue the conversation after the break, we're going to we're going to move into what's happened since then. So there you are. OK, bring us to the point where you're out. You're free. I mean, all of us, you realize you're not going to have to do that time and 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 bring us to the point where you walk out of jail or walk out of where you were. OK, um, in 2012, I was sentenced to the two years probation. Um, during that two years, I was speaking in churches and schools and traveling around sharing my testimony to youth groups and young adults and getting involved in anything that I could get in, you know, trying to stay immersed in the word. Um, and then over the last five years, I've gone to do internships, you know, in, um, out west on the Indian reservations, planting churches. Wow. Um, I learned, you know, the gifts of the spirit and I've just been being trained wow. um, for the last seven years. And the Lord's put me through, um, managing restaurants, being a marketing director, all gifts that and skills that I would need now to fulfill the vision that he had given me while I was in the transitional house. Happy to have you with us on Local Matters. My guest today is Lindsay Holloway. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. We're back with more in just a moment. It's Local Matters for Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Lindsay Holloway is my guest today. We're talking about a new life in Christ, about being set free from addiction or whatever your situation happens to be through the power, the mercy, the grace, the love of God. Lindsay, this has just been fun for me just to sit over here and, and watch and listen and participate in this. So we, we've told the story of, of how the problem started, what it was. You're out now. And God, as you get active in your teaching and your speaking, God begins to place a vision in you that's incredible. Uh, so you can take your experiences and make a difference in the lives of what I think will be thousands of people before it's over. There's a phrase, Lindsay, that a pastor of mine, that a, a former pastor of mine used to use a lot, and it has become so true in my life, and that phrase is unconscious preparation, mm-hmm. where, where I was being, where I am now, I was being the things that were happening and the things that I was doing in my life, I was being unconsciously prepared for what I'm doing now. Yes. Right now, I'm standing here behind this microphone. I was being unconsciously prepared for this when I was in high school. Yeah. I had no idea to be here today, but I was learning some of the skills that I would need to stand here to talk to you today. And for what I heard you say, based on the experiences that you've had in the recent past, mm-hmm. you're being unconsciously prepared for this ministry that God has put in your heart. Yeah, he he started in high school. I was on the um, speech team, drama, as well as the newspaper, um, school television show, and that got me used to being in public and being able to speak, you know, and being in front of people. So I learned how to give speeches and I learned how to do speaking events um, as well as the radio. What events were you in? Just by curious, did you do extemp and original oratory or the dramatic things? Or? <laughs> whichever one. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Whichever one my teacher assigned me. But I, yeah. I liked doing any of them as long as it was. Did you debate? No, I didn't <laughs> do that one. I have enough. Uh, to control my argument on my own. <laughs> you know, that is, it's interesting we're sitting here talking about this. Same way with me. I mean, I was I, I used to get the elementary school. Mm-hmm. I'd get paddlings all the time for talking. Yeah. Just, and that was my man. I wouldn't shut up. I was, and most of the paddlings I got was for talking when I should have been quiet. Yep. And, but that transition <laughs> in high school to get involved in the speech team and the debate yeah. team. And I thought I was out there just having fun, entering tournaments, trying to win trophies. Yeah. But God's getting me ready for this. Yes. I mean, same thing with you, right? Yep. Yeah. Don't get me to preaching now. Oh. <laughs> so, so that that all those things that were happening to you, even back in your high school days when you were not walking with the Lord, was getting you ready to sit in front of this microphone and do some of the wonderful things that you're doing now. Yeah, he's 
God's pretty smart, isn't he? He is. He's an all-knowing God. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Wish I had known that at a younger <laughs> age. <laughs> All-knowing. And you've done some things with the legislature, too. Um, yes, I do advocacy speaking with the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Um, actually, the prosecuting attorney that gave me my second chance is now the director of litigation. Is that right? And yes. Well, he, what a coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> he introduced me um, to their community leader, and she's gotten me into to going and speaking to the legislation Um all of our state representatives, yeah. as well as um, some of the other policies they're pushing to change the criminal justice um, laws so yeah. that once people do their time, then they're not hitting so many barriers that they end up going back because Tennessee's recidivism rate is about 46% right now. Wow. So within three years of being released from incarceration, people are sent back to prison due to violations or not. 46%. Yeah, so one out of two people. About half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to change to give people opportunity to be transformed instead of just doing hard time. So they still will have, you know, the punishment that goes along with it, but also an opportunity to have their lives transformed so that they don't reoffend. It's been my experience, and I've worked with some people individually and, and groups to a degree, but it's been my experience, and I'll just see if you agree with this, that by and large, there's not really too much of an outward change mm-hmm. until there's an inward change. Yeah, Would you agree heart. with that statement, a change of the heart? One of my favorite verses says that the Lord says that I'll take your heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. Yeah. And that was what he did with me. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about this wonderful ministry that God's placed in your heart. This Absolutely. is living and, and talk about how, how that developed and, and where that is and where that's going and how folks might be involved with it. Awesome. Um, This is Living Ministries was birthed out of my own experience in a transitional home. I know that those women that were running the program were a life change, like a catalyst for me. Um, They taught me to see my self-worth, to see my worth in God, to find my identity in Him. And they believed in me and encouraged me and spoke so much life and words into me that eventually I stopped seeing myself the way pretty much the judicial system had made me see myself. Um, You know, I was told I'll always be a junkie. You know, you'll always be bad. You'll always... This negative... Things spoken over my life, and then the women in this program, they spoke life into me yeah. until I finally believed God's word and what He said about me. And so um, that I thought at that time when I was in that program, man, it'd be really nice to do this back home, you know, because I'd been in and out of the system over and over and over again. I mean, and released on probation, violate probation, go back, released on, and just over and over again, and how nice it would be to have programs in Cookville that could do that and not have to travel to other states or other cities. And um, then in the last two years, um, Life Church put me in a leadership role with the jail ministry. And every Thursday or every Tuesday, the women would all be like, well, we're just not doing enough. We need to do more. We need to do more. And Seeing, we started doing a discipleship class on Thursday nights for the men and women when they're released. And, they and when they're released, they when the, yeah. and uh, they right come after, to right Life Church on Thursday you. nights okay. at six. And my husband disciples the men, and I disciple the women. And then now we're working on others to start teaching, to start building their own skills. Um, but we started seeing them. They would come for two weeks, or they would come for three months, but they would fade away. They would disappear. And it's because they don't have a, a safe home environment or they the only places they have to go to stay is another drug house or an ex-boyfriend or, you know, and they don't have anywhere to learn the life skills that they haven't learned due to the life of crime they've been in. So yeah. um, we started deciding 
to go ahead and create a program kind of like the one that I went through, um, but we wanted to make it a little bit longer, um, more focus on mentoring and discipleship as well as life skills such as budgeting, um, finances, parenting classes, husband-wife classes, um, just to teach you the biblical principles of what living really looks like in yeah. Christ. Yeah, so a change of the heart for sure, getting the written word written of God, word of God written down in your heart for sure, yes. but all those other skills that it takes to function in the real world. Yes. Well, keep- we want to see not just the the women's lives be transformed, but we want to see their families be transformed. With children that's parents are incarcerated, children are 70% more likely to become incarcerated. So if we teach really? the, yes, if we teach the parents how to be parents, they can raise their children in the way that they should go so that they can stop that 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 curse, that generational so curse. So if if my mom and dad are, are incarcerated or in jail, mm-hmm. then then that that increases my likelihood of having the same experience by seventy percent. Seventy percent. That is wow. Yep. That's a that's mm. So we want to see these women not only learn how to function again and be parents, but we want to see them learn to witness, to go into their environment, you know, at work and change that environment. We want to teach them what it is to be a disciple of Christ and to go out and change the community around them. Now, your goal is to have a house? Yes. Okay. Talk about that. This is an incredible vision that that I believe is of God. I know it is. Yes. Um, well, we're currently being mentored um, by the director of Men of Valor, which is a 20-year program for men that has been ran in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, their recidivism rate is less than 15%. Wow. So they have figured out you know, the way to do it. So 85% of the men that go through that program approximately, yes. and it's about a year long, mm-hmm. but 85% of them change your life completely. Yes, and do wow. not, not reoffend. Yeah. Um, so they're, we're seeing them go out and they've, they've got a 20 year, you know, credit running for them that has been two decades. It, yeah. So something's, we're, something's going right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to model after them, except for, you know, our classes will be towards being a wife and a mother instead of, you know, a husband and a father. Yeah. Um, so we're modeling after that and we want to do a home. Uh, the first six months is going to be full-time discipleship with part-time, you know, work. Then the second six months, we'll focus more on the life skills and teaching them how to help the newer people coming in. So they're given a leadership role that gives them an opportunity to kind of steward someone else. Happy to have you with us on Local Matters. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Our guest today is Lindsay Holloway. Lindsay, so basically, not not only helping, giving them the the skills, the tools, Mm -hmm. the spiritual mentorship to to, to change their life, but to go out there and be a blessing, to yes. do what we're supposed to do. Christ said, I, 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 I came to minister. I, you know, I came yeah. to touch. I came to change my part of the world. Yeah. So that's your vision for the ladies that you have, that they can go out and, and okay. multiply. Yeah, we definitely want to teach them to be disciples and to go out into disciples. You know, there's other people listening. Lindsay, I can't help believe right now. And said, "Wow, what a what a noble cause! What a what a great vision!" And people may who have had the same, maybe the same issues that you've had. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've had family members. Maybe not. But they just said, "Well, I like to I'd like to be involved in that. That's something that I could could use the, that my God gifts in college for to help out. How, how can they help you do what God's called you to do? Um, absolutely. Well, we're looking for people with um, certain skills. Like I said, we want to provide um, mentorship, so we'll need mentors, um, people to teach classes, Bible studies, lead them in worship, um, people to teach prayer, um, someone that wants to teach a marriage class, a finance class. So we're looking for people that have experience in that, that have that gifting and that passion about that subject matter so that they can share it with the women. Because when they see someone else passionate about it, it makes them excited about it. 
Um, we're also looking for probably a van donation, um, as well as we're looking for housing, um, furniture. So we're starting to take up donations um, for beds and linens and towels and cleaning supplies, hygiene products, um, personal care, any of those kind of items. We're so happy to have had you along on uh, on this uh, this uh, show, uh, Local Matters. Glad to be able to talk with Lindsay Holloway about her vision that God has placed in their heart. Join us same time next week. I'm your host, Rod Henry, for Local Matters.